This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. On the show, we just break down at the worst possible time. Hello there, and welcome to The Lost Cantina, the podcast that explores the stories, characters, and themes beyond some of our favorite Star Wars characters. I'm Kevin. And I'm Jaden. And today we're going to talk about episode three of Ahsoka. Yes. And this episode was very good. I had fun. It was a short one. That was the first thing you texted me, not if it was good or if it was bad. You just yeah. went, the stuff's short. It's really short. Yeah, it was only like what, like thirty-three minutes yeah. or what? Not even. That's with the credits and the pre-stuff. Like it was. It was really pretty short. short. It was. I will say, writing the script for this one, uh, uh, very, very nice. It was really short. I didn't have. I wasn't going crazy, but I noticed like this. These episodes were getting shorter by like ten minutes each. Yeah, but there was a lot of stuff in here. There is a lot of stuff in here, uh, which is very funny. So the episode is shorter. But this episode might be a little bit longer. There's just a lot of dialogue and like stuff that we couldn't kind of brush upon. A lot of fun bits we couldn't ignore. Yeah. Yeah. So let's dive into that. But before we do that, we love to hear from our listeners. So please email us at thelostcantinapod at gmail.com with your thoughts and episode ideas. You might hear about it in a future episode. And of and- course, you can connect with us on Instagram and X and the TikTok. At the Lost Cantina. We've already posted some goofy vids, so go ahead. Have fun. Yes, please. And if you like more of that content, let us know. We'd love to make more. Also, we have met listeners already who have given us suggestions for things, so definitely email us. We check the email every time before we record an episode. If you haven't seen the first or second episode of Ahsoka on Disney+, Plus, now's the time. Pause this. Go watch it. If you don't want to hear any spoilers, because, I mean, if you do want to hear spoilers, you're a weird person. That's what we do here, is we spoil Ahsoka. We're also going to take a quick ad break, so this is your time to catch up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So, whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So, download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, now that we've officially warned you, let's get into it. Let's do it. 
our story continues with Sabine doing Jedi training with Hu Yang. I'm going to make sure we say Hu Yang because we got a couple of people saying like, hey, what the fuck is a Huang? I'm like, I don't know. Kevin wrote it in the script that way. <laughs> it's a, they said it. They said his name so much in this episode. It was almost like they anticipated people. Oh, were, they were dunk. They were dunking on us. Yeah, because because we. Oh man, I, it, I think it, I panicked halfway through episode two and just started saying David Tennant. <laughs> yes, you did. Because I was like, I I feel like that we're saying it wrong. Like I knew we were saying it wrong. <laughs> I was too lazy to go back and re-record the whole thing. I'm not gonna lie. Honestly, I watched some other people's like content because we're we're both consumers here yeah. too, and a lot of people were mispronouncing it. And I'm like, you know. I'm glad I'm not the only one. Yeah. Your badness rub, rubbed off on me. That was that was really funny. Yeah. To get back to the episode, we got to watch this really cool like samurai training simulator that Sabine is running. It was so cool. It was very great because she had, she was just making basic sword attacks on these like with a with a wooden stick on uh Hu Yang's like he had like this projector he had like General Grievous going on with like four yeah, different yeah. spots that she had to hit every time. And the music was really cool too. It felt like I know I wrote it down, but like it, it reminded me of Ghost of Tsushima. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. At the end of it, you know, Sabine's like, How did I do? And Huyang's just like, Not bad, but definitely not good. He is he doesn't sugarcoat this shit, which is really fun. It's just like, ah, a droid who's an even bigger asshole. He means well, to be honest. Like, uh the way the way I people were I cause I saw people online being like, Why is he such a dick? It's like, listen. For him, this is just another Jedi recruit. This is not... He's been doing this for like a thousand years. Like, this girl comes in, yeah, and he's like, eh, I'm sure the next one will be better. Well, yeah, he thinks everybody's better. Literally every, every other Jedi trained, everybody. everybody he says is better. Like, when Hu Yang is talking, he's, you know, like, he's giving her, like, passive-aggressive put-downs, but also, like, sort of encouragement. Yeah. Kind of. It's like the, the in-law encouragement. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't approve of this marriage. Oh, no. And Ahsoka is like, you know, let's try something different. Let's try uh, Zutachi. And Ho Yang's like, oh, boy, here we go. I don't think she's ready for that. So now Ahsoka explains that Sabine's skill with a weapon comes from being a Mandalorian, which we've seen. Mandalorians love this shit. They love weapons. Yep. They love war. They love all that stuff. Weapons are my religion. Yeah, it's like that's that's literally their thing. So makes sense. Yeah, you'll be good at using a weapon. So she has all that stuff down. She's got that part down. But there's other aspects that she needs to work on. Uh, weapon skills alone, she says, you know, will not be enough to fight this enemy, right? Sabine is like, you know, duh. Yeah, I know that. Like, I'm not stupid. Typical teenager answer, oh, yeah. right? Because the other thing is, she like looks at her wound and shows. She's like, "Yeah, duh, it's a good no." Like, like okay, we get it. You're frustrated. Okay, we got you. The lecture is 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 not needed. And Ahsoka says that training your your body, like that's important. Yep. But quote, she must also open your mind, right? Like, so you must open your mind. And it felt very uh, Obi Wan. Like, a lot yeah. of the training that she's giving her that we see this episode feels, in my opinion, more Obi-Wan than Anakin. Yes. It almost seems like Ahsoka's trying to avoid Anakin-style training. Um, 
I don't know if you agree with that. Uh, I we I we'll get into that. Yeah. But I that's that's kind of my feeling. We're, this this episode explores a lot about the nature of the Force, which a lot of people think um, this episode implies that literally anyone can use the Force if properly trained. Real quick, this is an insert after we've recorded. I want you all to listen to this. Uh, we both had some notes and both had a discussion before the episode, and I ended up writing a lot of this down as some of my thoughts mixed with Jaden's thoughts on this. This right now, what Jaden's about to say, is probably the best theme summary of not just this episode, but possibly what we've seen in the entire Ahsoka series so far. So really, if you're going to be a sponge and soak anything in, what Jaden's about to say next that we have written down here, this is what you want to soak in. And that's not really what I took away from it. Uh, I mean, we could talk about this. I guess we could talk about this now. It's a good time to talk about it, because it's the training arc. But I think what they were implying is that the Force is in everyone. They talk about it all the time. The Force is in all living things. I think it takes a certain kind of person with the ability to actually access and harness and control it. And I think that Sabine does have that potential. Hers is just so low because of the mental blocks that she has put in place from her upbringing. You know, there's a reason that, that yeah. they, always, they always say like, oh, like, like uh, Yoda says you, Luke was too old to begin the training. It's because when you reach a certain age, your mind is no longer open to the possibilities that the force can give you. Like that's why like when Luke is training in the swamp and he says it's impossible to lift the starship from the swamp. It's because in his mind it's too big. It would take too much energy. It would take too much potential from the force. Sabine is a lot like that. Sabine is an adult who was raised in very like like hardcore terms. Like the weapon will work because you load it, you you checked it, you cleaned it. Yep. You know, we see that yeah. when she's uh when she's trying to figure out the force, she's like, How am I supposed to how am I supposed to open my mind? Yeah. Like what 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 button is the mind opening button that yeah. I need to press? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, that's what and Ahsoka's explaining that like you it's not something that you can just do. It's something you have to discover for yourself. Yeah. And Sabine even says, like, you know, when she says, Hugh Yang said, like, I'm the worst candidate the Jedi Order has ever, has ever seen. And Ahsoka's, you know, she gets upset with him. Like, what, why did you say that? And he's like, it's true. Because mm-hmm. Mandalorians are the, they're the tonal opposite of the Jedi. They are very much like, okay, I press the button on the grenade, the grenade activates. I throw the grenade at the target, yep. it detonates, kills the target. Whereas with the Force, yep. you have to... That's not how the Force works. To borrow a quote from mm-hmm. Han Solo, that is not how the Force works. Yeah. The Force, the force is, a, is a pathway to remove an obstacle or a target, but it is not the destruction of that obstacle or target. You are manipulating the molecules and the metachlorians around you to interact with that object. You know, when you, when you use the Force to lift a rock, you're not using the Force to destroy that rock you're using the force to move that rock and move its place in a position within the force you are moving it and like sabine is it's she's having trouble realizing that oh i need to figure out how to make that connection that connection is there it's very very weak and it's been i don't i don't think listen she's not anakin skywalker 
She's never going to be Anakin Skywalker. No. But no. I think that at, at, a, at a certain point when she was younger, she had the potential to become a Jedi. But the Jedi Order yes. was gone, so she was raised as a Mandalorian. And being raised as a Mandalorian put up those mental blocks. And she, she's, thinking Correct. Of the, she's thinking of the Force as a tool, as a weapon. It is not a weapon. Ahsoka even says that learning to wield the Force takes on a deeper commitment. Because it really is a deeper commitment yeah. than just point and click. You, you really have to commit, commit. I mean, when you learn your physical abilities, that's one thing, right? Yeah. Like, you can practice that. And then once you have it, it's muscle memory. You're doing the thing. Whereas this, you almost have to commit every single time because you're going to have to commune with something yeah. rather than your just physical body, right? So it's, it's, it's a huge commitment. You made a great point of that. Like, uh, muscle memory is like, you know, you, you, you practice a movement. When, you're, when, when you see someone using the force, they are surrendering their body to be a conduit for mm -hmm. the force. Like, you, you, ever, you ever notice, like, that people mm -hmm. aren't, they're not flashy when they're using the force. They're standing there holding their hand out to do something. Yeah. Because they're surrendering the physical body to impact the spiritual environment, which then, in, which then creates a physical change in the area. Correct. So, yeah, like, we've gone over now. The whole thing with typical Mandalorian fashion, how Sabine is acting towards this whole force thing, right? Ahsoka doesn't think it matters because Ahsoka views this as everybody has the potential. Yes. She, she doesn't see the force as, I think also she views that the Jedi were almost like gatekeeping the force to a degree. Yeah. And she's like, hey, the force resides in everyone. Therefore, I should be able to teach somebody the force. Yeah. Now, this, though, in contrast, is Sabine saying that she does think it matters. Yeah. And, <laughs> of course, Hu Yang agrees because he's, he's an asshole. We already know that part of why Sabine's not able to tap into force, like we said before, it's because she's a Mandalorian. That, that's, it's, it's, it's a Mandalorian thing, but also it's her mindset. And I yes. think that's the biggest aspect here is it's mindset rather than just upbringing. It, it takes into account, obviously. I mean, you and I, we've talked about this a lot, but oh, yeah. for those who are into Star Wars, you probably know this as well. We've seen countless other Force users throughout the stories, and they have a mindset problem, right? Hu Yang is almost reinforcing the problem by being a piece of shit. I want to say this. I don't think he's being a piece of shit. I think that he is going off of, he is a robot. He is going off of the thousand years that he has been training Jedi. Ahsoka is trying something different that he does not think it will yeah. work based on his experience. I agree with that, but I also think that when it comes to the Force, like I said, the Jedi gatekeep it, right? So in his programming view is you're not worthy because you don't fit the mold the Jedi like picked you know what i mean like that the, the the mold that the jedi created whereas yeah. the mold that the jedi created is bullshit that's kind of how i think ahsoka has been seeing it we will you talk about it later on the episode like she 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 does touch upon this um but well it's she, a mindset she, thing. she also like, has a reason for not liking the jedi order considering they kicked uh, her the fuck out <laughs> yes 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 to agree to disagree on that one i still say she technically quit Quiet quitting is what I see it. Ah. <laughs> I love that. Love it. But like, think about Luke, right? Think about Luke's training. 
Luke had real like a bad mindset. He was constantly in a worry. He was now obviously he he has a little bit more talent, but he was struggling. And it was it was that worry. Couldn't lift that rock. Well, I, but hey, that's a thing, right? Yeah. We've seen Luke I'm fucking going to fucking talk about sequel stuff. No, fuck it. No, I'm not going to talk about sequel shit. I'm <laughs> going to talk about Jedi Fallen Order. We've seen Jedi close themselves off from the Force. Aha, got him. There we, we go. <laughs> we found a loophole. We've seen this. We've seen this, right? Like mental blocks yes. because they're depressed or something. So the mental thing, is, that is a big deal. Yeah. Now, Ahsoka asked Sabine to put on a face cover, right? Similar to Luke's training. Right. It's funny they even they even used the same uh, line where it was like with the blast shield down. How can I even see? Or yeah, yeah, I know. I, I caught that. It was really funny. It was really like, hey. But this time, instead of Ahsoka having a droid shoot right at at Sabine, Ahsoka is going to maneuver around her. They're going to train together. Yes, she has a wooden wooden uh, sword as well. They're gonna they're gonna you know tap each other and try to find each other. I, I think Sabine is genuinely trying. I think Ahsoka is just doing like a test. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would totally agree with that. So Ahsoka is basically tapping her randomly to try to like get her to use the force to at least just know. And honestly, I almost thought she was like, hone your other senses will help you hone the force. Like honing Could your be. whole body and understanding how your body works will help you understand how the force works. Because if you're leaving your body, you have to accept things outside of your body, but you have to be able to understand how your body reacts. Well, right? it's like what Obi-Wan said in, episode, in A New Hope. You know, your eyes can deceive you. Don't trust them. So Ahsoka taps her randomly, and Sabine kind of begins to actually get it. I, yeah. She starts to kind of go through. Now, she's making mistakes, sure, but she is able to sometimes begin to sense where Ahsoka's at, there, which is it's, really it's, cool. It's kind of cool watching her just like in that short time start to progress a little bit. And it's not, it's not perfect. It's, it's no. just subtle. It's not perfect, which is nice that we don't just see it happen. And it's like, yeah. Well, and, but the question then begins is like, is it, um, is it the is it she's actually getting a genuine connection to the force or is her weapons training just kicking in? And that's the that's what yeah. we're going to see throughout the series. I do think that we're going to see her be, gain some Jedi abilities by the end of the series. Oh, yeah. I do think that. Sabine, uh, she gets kind of kicked on her butt a little bit at the end and she quits the training because yeah. she's really frustrated. She's not being calm and you know paying attention. She just kind of lashes. She's lashing out. And Ahsoka even calls it out by saying anger and frustration are quick to give power but they also unbalance you. You know, this is very similar to our episode where we talked about temptation and how the dark side is easy. Ahsoka has experience in this, and she also has had her own frustrations with the Jedi Order, with her master Anakin, with Obi-Wan, and even with the, the ghost crew from time to time. You know, she knows that she knows that in order to be better, she needs to balance herself. Yeah. And I think if anybody's had frustrations in this group, I think Ahsoka has had a lot of frustration. <laughs> yeah. So now we go back to the New Republic. We're seeing the fleet, an assortment of ships. You I get to see Home One. Were, I knew you were like the most excited little boy. I'm such a ship nerd. This. 
I was so I was so much, so much fun. I was naming all the ships as they flew by, and I'm, I love there. They um, I can't remember. I kept trying to look it up, and I can't remember the name of the ship. But the ship was in Empire at War. It was my favorite ship because it's literally just a proton torpedo tugboat. Like it's literally just like a fast ship that fires proton torpedoes, and it's a glass cannon. And I loved that ship. I, I wanted can't. to know how many ships you counted when you saw this scene. Oh, every time, I, every time there's a fleet formation, I'm always like, ah, let's 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 do an analysis how we think that that fleet is set up. And I actually think that they are they are they're starting to incorporate better fleet compositions in some of these shots. Yeah, it's not just yeah. like five of this. It's not like twenty of the same ship plastered all over the place. Cough, cough. Uh, Picard season one. Hey, wait a minute though. Remember. The Empire is so uniform, right? So yeah. naturally, when you see the Empire, you're going to have similar ships. And I think one of the coolest things about the Republic is that all the ships, you get a different assortment of ships, and it kind of shows that you get a different assortment of... Yeah, it's, a, it's more ragtag. Uh, yeah, but, yeah. but I will say this, um, it's starting to get a little more uniform. Uh, we're seeing a lot more of the a same bit, ship, yeah. types in, ship types in formation, which I, I really like that detail. So we see Hera, and she's walking into a meeting with the Chancellor. Ooh, the Chancellor. And our amazing and lovely Mon Mothma is there. And, ah, I love her so much. Same, same actress. It's great. Same actress from, uh, from episode three. Same actress from uh, Andor. She's so yeah. good. And and I'm and I I, I'm more. saying this now, Disney. This is what happens when you just recast an actor: is that they can have a more commanding presence than just like slapping their face on CGI over another guy. Did I say that out loud? Uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Mon Mothma is joined by multiple senators, one of which is Senator uh, Shiano, I believe it is. And this guy, I'm gonna just preface this: this guy's a kind of a kind of a dick. He's a bit sus. Um, Hera and Mon, they have like this nice like hello meet and greet thing. You know, how's Jason? How are you doing? You know, like it's just like typical like friends. Like they fought yep. in a war together. They're saying hi. They haven't spoken in a hot minute. You know, and of course this senator, he's just like, I got a meeting in ten minutes, bitch. Hurry up. Yeah, he's like, can we like you know we're gonna be late? And I'm like, what the fuck are you gonna be late for, bro? This just, is a like, very shut important up. Meeting. This is the most important thing. This is the important thing. Like, Jesus. What is it, a party? You know what I mean? Like, it was just, it felt kind of disingenuous. It's great, too. I love, I love, I love, like, uh, later on in the conversation, we'll get to it, but, like, I just, I just love the way that Hera puts him in his place. We'll we'll talk about it later, but. It's great. It's great. He says to, basically, uh, it was funny, because I was thinking about it. It's like, get back on program. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) Like, Like, come on, let's go. So this dude. Must be fun at parties. That's all oh, yeah. I pretty much say that. So Hera is explaining her investigation on, you know, what happened with Elsbeth escaping, the attack on the ship, uh, how it led them to the shipyard. She's just going through the investigation. Here's what we found. And one of the senators claims that all of these people, everybody that, that's been involved, all these quote unquote bad guys, right? They say that they're outliers and they actually say the same thing that the shipyard manager said when they were going on the tour. I caught that. As she says this, Mon Mothmar just kind of like turns and is like staring at her like, uh, this is actually not a great thing to think about. But the quote says, we have former Imperials working throughout every level of the New Republic government. 
and they've all taken an oath of loyalty. So, like, first off, if that doesn't speak sus, I don't know, man. Like, that's yeah. that's so sus that they're all, like, just keep reiterating the same thing. Um, but also just being like, they took oaths of loyalty. Like, come on. Like, isn't that enough? Like, no, that's not. That's absolutely not enough. Oaths aren't real. Oaths aren't real. That's just, I said a thing. Believe me. Ooh. I hate to say it, but like that kind of speaks to the the good natured uh, beliefs of the New Republic, where they're like, "Well, we can't, you know, it, we can't do the Imperial thing and like throw them all in prison." Well, that or the naivety of it. Yeah. Oh, it's it's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's both. Oh, God, it's it's like this whole thing is so messy. It's very messy. It made me very frustrated. I like what Hera says, too. She just says, long live the Empire doesn't sound like the kind of loyalty we're looking for. It's like, yeah. Like, it, it frustrates me that we're, cre- we're creating barriers to not act again. Like, like, an- like, being anti-Imperial should be rule one for the New Republic. It should be like, yeah. if you smell it, we're fucking sending a, at least a couple of ships to investigate. Yeah, totally, hundred percent. And I, I and I hate that we're we're shoehorned. Like I get it's my, my big complaint with the sequels, man. It's just like we're, we are shoehorned into making smart characters make dumb decisions to allow the sequels to happen. And that's a little frustrating because we're seeing like like if 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 this was the Mon Mothma from Andor, if this is the Mon Mothma from Return of the Jedi, she would be like, "We're sending a fleet." we are sending a full-ass fucking fleet to figure this shit out, or at least a task force. We can spare... They could spare one capital ship to show up with a squadron of X. Like, if this was if this was Legends, if this was Legends, Rogue Squadron would have shown up with a frigate. Granted, that frigate would have gotten blown up the second it jumped into hyperspace <laughs> by a Star Destroyer. So, you know... Here, here's my only argument for this. Yeah. We've now heard the same quote twice. There are Imperials yeah. working throughout the government. I, I, I know where you're going with this. Yeah, go ahead. I think they're going to go the sabotage route and say, like, the reason is because they just, they were so ingrained in the system that you're not, you just, it just they sabotaged everything. And I think that's what they're going to go for. Oh, and I thought, honestly, okay. it would work. It would work. Come on, you know it would work. Well, I see. I thought you were going to say that we have a Hydra situation going on, where like some of the council. Well, that yeah, Hydra. pretty much a high. We have a hail Hydra situation, yeah. and I and and honestly, it's better than idiots. It's better than smart people being dumb. <sighs> yeah, I will tell. You, yeah, I guess I, it's, it's frustrating though. I understand. I I get where you're going with you. Maybe we'll see something further on that makes me more comfortable with it. But that that remains to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mon Mothma, she tries to like, reassure Hera that there will be an investigation. Hera begins to plead her case to use the fleet because she sees this as part of a larger issue involving Thrawn. And this mm-hmm. is where it gets interesting because Mon Mothma, she takes a stop. She takes a second and is just like, whoa, Grand Admiral Thrawn, like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. And Hera says she thinks he's alive and that this is all part of an elaborate plan to bring him back into the system. And if that were to happen, it would it would signal a new war. And Mon Mothma's yep. aware of that. Yep. 
She requests the approval of a task force to go to the Denab system to make sure, and she's met with instant pushback from Zeno. Like, he thinks it is an elaborate waste of resources just to try to bring Ezra Bridger back. Because for a decade, for a decade now, he knows that, that that has been Hera's, like, mini side quest to do. Yeah. And what he says is, it's kind of shitty. Like, everything out of this guy's mouth is just, like, pompous. I don't care. You have a yeah. personal vendetta. He says, you conveniently use the threat of Thrawn's return to acquire those resources that could be put to a more practical purpose, helping the people of our fledging republic. Fuck you, dude. Yep. At this point, all these people are the killer on the ship, in my opinion. They're all like, sus. This is just... They're all sus. The sad thing is, dude, fully, fully, fully expect him to be a red herring. I fully expect oh, him to not I, be the. I, I I know it would it would I be so it would be so Star Wars for him to not be the bad guy at all, and just him I being like too. just being a bureaucrat because like mm. he's making a good point. If you think like we know that Thrawn exists, we know Thrawn is real, we know Thrawn is coming. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, from what he has known of Hera, she really wants to find Ezra Bridger. And Ezra Bridger went missing the same time that this Thrawn guy went missing. Here's where I will rebuttal this. Yeah. And I will use Hera to rebuttal this. Go ahead. Because Hera calls him out. Yeah. And the first thing out of her mouth is, were you ever in the war, Senator? Exactly. And he just stares at her and just says no. We get a great shot of Mon Mothma understanding the point, right? Because most of these senators are just rich, privileged people who never lost power either way. Yeah. And she herself, Mon Mothma, right? She herself came from privilege. You know, she was a privileged background person on her planet. Yeah, she was a senator. But she actually fought. Yes. Maybe not with a weapon, but she did her fucking job and she knew the risks. She knew the risks and she and obviously we're going to get way more into it in Andor in season two. But this person put in the work. She was, quote unquote, in the war. And I think she gets it right. When he says no, there is a deafening silence. And Hera just says, just sat back and waited to see who came out on top. And it's great because, like, every all the other senators are like, if you shit. thought the silence was bad before, oh shit. Yeah, they're like, ah, shit. Like, she caught us. There was no sound waves in the air. No. Sen- uh, one of the senators, Senator Mawood, which, Jesus Christ, that fucking name. He I engages, know. like, he just, like, says, like, well, you know, thank you for your service. Like, ah, uh, you know, the like, bare the minimum. Yeah. And he goes, and now it's time for the senators to serve and make the decisions that the, peop- that the people want. And they don't want any more conflict. And it's so great because then Harris says, like, you act like we have a choice. And Dude. they fire back, like, don't we? I see no enemy. The Imperial fleet is scattered and broken. They have no centralized command. So fucking dumb. It's so dumb. It's a, it's, it's. These people act like they don't live in a universe that's constantly on fire. It's called Star Wars. 
<laughs> it's not called Star Civil Discussion. That's called Star Trek. Oh, God. But here's the thing, though, right? Politician's going to politician, right? Like, they're, yeah. they, these people didn't do shit. No. Like, you can tell these people didn't do shit. And they, I mean, even with the Clone Wars, per se, right? Nobody lost, like, people if you were on the side of the Republic because it was just clones, you know? So I just think none of these, I think these people are just so disengaged with all the shit that's been going on that they think they can just talk their way out of everything. Yeah. So obviously Hera then says, unless Thrawn returns. Clearly we need the centralized person. She's like, well, Ron's the centralized person who would then make it, you know, yeah. centralized command. Here you go. Like, she's like, this is stupid. And she knows it's stupid. That's the it's thing. And she's dumb. calling it out. It, it's, it's so very dumb. dumb. It's like, they're like, it's. You want to know what's even like, worse? Uh, the senator, Giano or whatever. He says, make your point, general. She just fucking did. Yeah. This is the most infuriating conversation in Star Wars. Like, I personally think this scene somehow Thrawn returned. Like, (laughs) oh man. And Hera explains who Thrawn is, right? Like, she then goes into being like, okay, fine, I'll elaborate. Yeah, I'll let you know what Thrawn is a monster. Yeah, she she says, now I will say this she does reveal that she has a personal connection with Thrawn himself now too, yeah. right? Not just Ezra. Now it's a Thrawn connection. Rebels fans will remember like Thrawn had like an like a one-on-one conversation with her. Here's the thing though. I personally I will get into that connection in a sec. I personally think though that saying that and revealing that she has a personal connection with Thrawn hurts her politically. I do too. Because here she's not she's not She's not being objective. I just don't think it's going to help her case because she is not in a battlefield. She is in a minefield. Yeah. What she needs to worry about is what she's saying. She hand, she handed these politicians the ability to shut her down. Exactly. Now, she does reveal that she spent her entire life fighting in war, right? Now, that's something that even Thrawn called upon in Rebels when he yeah. met her. He ha- he described her he described her as somebody who was basically created, molded, and kind of embodied war. Uh, that was the first time they met. Yeah, and he he's not wrong. I don't yeah. he wasn't wrong. And this is her plea, and it's more to try to uh i mean she even says she's like it's her trying to convince you to help me prevent another one right yep. another war i think that if the person who was molded by war wants to prevent another war you should probably listen to them yes he dismisses all of it all of her experience intuition and basically her entire investigation and he says grand admiral thrawn is dead and I'm sorry to say it is my opinion that your friend Ezra Bridger heroically died with him. He dismissed everything that she's been through in the recent days, digs the knife in by saying, hey, your buddy is dead. Fuck. Totally fuck. Yeah. And, and honestly, this is where Hera loses. This is the, this is the part where she loses, because she says, yeah. you don't know that. 
And in my opinion, that's when she loses the ability of the task force because he goaded her into admitting that she that this is about Ezra. Yep. Yep. Because that's how the politicians work. She lost the political battle. Mm-hmm. Like Mon Moth was even like she she tells she tells Tara to calm down essentially because yeah. I think I think Mon Mothma as a politician she also just saw like hey you lost like you've lost yep. this like I'm gonna do my best to convince these guys to let you do this but I but you've lost like there's nothing I can do yeah they're gonna out the council is gonna outvote me and I won't be able, you won't be able to go mm-hmm. and you have to remember like Hera. She, this is a job for her, like being in war and all that stuff. Like that's her background and all that. But like the rebuilding aspect is still a job she gives a shit about. Yeah. So she's passionate as a person in general, like during peace times, whatever. Like it, it's fine. Like she, she, we get it. You're passionate. But like you said, this slip up is going to hurt her way more. Honestly, I also think in being in charge of what she's in charge of. Yeah. I think they're going to say you're too emotional. You're too, you're too invested in this, like in a different way than you should be. Yep. So the meeting ends, and Vic Hawkins, Vic Hawkins, great name by the way, great name, great name. I thought that's why I wrote it down. It was a sick name. He's like a private or something like that, and he's like uh, assigned to to Hera. He just looks at her as they walk out. He goes, "That went well." It's like some shit my father-in-law would do. Yeah, oh, that went well. You did a good job there. It was so good. She even gives him like a look, like, yeah. "Oh, fuck it, kick me while I'm God down." Why don't it. you? Damn it, Vic Hawkins, how could you? <laughs> but as she's walking out, Jason, we hear Jason scream, "Mom!" You know, like he's all excited to see her. Yep, and he's with his babysitter, Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine Chopper as a babysitter. What the fuck? Just just take it, the ketamine. Would, just take the ketamine. What would Chopper let Jason do? And what would Chopper not let Jason do? Just, just stab him a little. Just stab him a little. He deserves it. He took your oh pudding cup. God. Didn't you take my pudding cup? That's irrelevant. Just stab him. <laughs> so uh, Jason's all excited to see his mom, which we're all excited to see Jason. Yay. Dude, they did the green hair too. I was so happy. It was great. He looks he looks like the kid in the at the end of Rebels. Like I was so funny. He like does. he's, he's really the best does. live action transition, honestly. Like Hera looks okay, Ahsoka looks okay. The mural walls the the best. Well, thing the mural walls just a one-on-one recreation. Like Chopper, <laughs> I mean obviously Chopper looks like Chopper, but like Jason actually looks like the kid. It's crazy. It looks great. So Chopper spilled the beans. Jason's yep. like, hey, is Aunt Sabine going to be a Jedi? And, you know, Hera's like, where the fuck did you hear that? Because <laughs> the Jedi, now, now, for those who don't know, Jason is the son of a Jedi. Yes. And so the, the concept of Jedi, you would, you would think, oh, his father died protecting his mother as a Jedi, using the Force, all this shit. You would think it'd be a touchy subject. Yeah, but Hera actually doesn't see it as a bad thing. At least her reaction is not really uh, worry. Her reaction is almost prideful that the love of her life, you know, it. She sees she sees a person. lot of Kanan in Jason. 
she sees in him she sees in him like the what the man that she fell in love with and in it's that- great because you see a little smirk at the end that she's like yeah you know nothing's wrong with like it, it's just it's a good yeah. moment to to actually have somebody finally in star wars be like yeah you could be a jedi good job i'm proud of you you're a good kid you know i don't know i just it was a nice moment i loved it also we i i feel like we need to mention too uh jason if people are like why is he why does he look like that he is actually a hybrid he is a hybrid human twilight and his his it's covering up his little ears, but his little ears are also green. You can't really see it because he has the green hair, but it's fun. It's fun. Uh, it, that's, a, that's a thing that was... An elf. Is new in canon. Yeah, he's an elf. Uh, it, that's, new, that's new for, for Disney canon because in Legends, they couldn't interbreed, but I guess they were like, no, nah, it's great. Canon has a kid, so... Future Jedi! That just opens up a whole can of fucking lurk. Yay! Yeah, that's that's a different podcast. That is uh, the Lost Cantina After Dark, where we talk about breeding in the Star Wars universe <laughs> and who can do it. Uh, back to Ahsoka and Sabine. Yeah, getting, speaking of uh, Jedi trainers. Getting quickly away from all that. Uh, Ahsoka's trying to tell her that, she, that Sabine did really well. Being the, from the lineage that she is from, she's not going to sugarcoat it. Mm-hmm. You know, Obi-Wan yeah. to Anakin, Anakin to Ahsoka. They're going to tell you bluntly. Uh, I, you know, I, so I think she I think she actually did well. Sabine says Ahsoka uh, is right. Uh, weapons she can handle, but the rest of it is a struggle. Ahsoka doesn't discourage her. She says it's just going to take time. Sabine is clearly just trying to skip the line and get straight to the cool stuff. Yeah. And she says, I was hoping the urgency of our situation could exit expedite my training a bit and we get a glimpse of ahsoka clearly remembering her own training during a war yeah and like you want to talk about like situation could expedite it like she was in a war and that's when she did most of her jedi training and she says i'm afraid it doesn't work like that Eh, she sure had a lot of talent but she did we did get to see her struggle during the clone wars now sabine says that Ahsoka was able to use the force, but she doesn't feel feel it, right? Like she's like, yeah. you were able to use the force, but I don't feel it. I don't feel anything. And Ahsoka does this like Obi-Wan smirk and like the little nod. Like it was straight out of Obi-Wan's book. Yep. And she says that the force resides in all living things. And Sabine asks the question, I think that everyone asks. We've been asking it forever. If that's true, then why doesn't everyone use it? I, that's I, that's a good question to ask, right? Like, I think we've all asked that question. Well, we we touched on it earlier in the episode where we talk about like, uh, and Ahso- Ahsoka kind of confirms it. She says talent is a factor. Yes, she does, and that's that's kind of a bit discouraging, you know, like to Sabine. Like, obviously, she's like, oh, yeah, and and you can see that Ahsoka sees this, and she says, but. Training and focus are what truly define someone's success. And I think that can be said about anything personally, but in this situation, it's a good answer. And she uses the, the, the force to actually pull a cup towards her, and she says, not everyone can handle the type of discipline it takes to master the ways of the force. Start small. So, so when we say like that, like that, 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 it, it, it adds in that conversation we had said earlier where it's like uh, not everyone can use the force. 
because they lack the type of discipline needed to unlock it. So, so people argue, oh, oh, so they're saying anyone can be a Jedi. It's like, no, not like, like you could tell, like I can sit here and tell you, like I could practice to become an Olympic pole vaulter, but I don't have the discipline to actually do that. It is a difficult thing to do. That's why, like, not everyone is, you know, a, a national champion in hockey. Well, I will say. Uh, to quote one of my best friends, Forrest, I believe in your ability to succeed. Now, when it comes to this moment, right? Ahsoka training and all that stuff. This does a, This is a great thing about how she communicates, right? Like Ahsoka is doing a, a really good way of communication and communicating the lesson to Sabine. She understands that she's talking to a Mandalorian. Yes. Who, as we've seen, the majority of the Mandalorians, they have this like affinity for almost like the grandiose. I mean, look at their former planet, right? Like, yeah, they have this affinity for war itself. They they like extravagant things. And I will always say Mandalorians love themselves a lot. They are a semi narcissistic. Civilization because they're very prideful. They're like the Saiyans of Star Wars. We'll go with that. I love it. But Ahsoka gives this reassuring response, right? She explains that this is something you have to work on. This is not something, like you said earlier, you you just grab and pull the trigger and boom, it goes. So, So this is something that you genuinely will have to build yourself. This is a weapon almost that you have to mine the ore smelt it down you know make blueprints really get in you have to build this from scratch exactly ahsoka leaves to head to the cockpit and sabine says she'll give it her best ahsoka asks hu yang when she gets in there if they're anywhere from the republic but nothing so far he asks about sabine's progress and ahsoka says she's frustrated but she understands the frustration hu yang says you both knew this wouldn't be easy and ahsoka reputes with what you said didn't help. Because ultimately, mm-hmm. if it's a mindset thing, that does, definitely doesn't help. He says, yeah. I only speak the truth. The Jedi Order would not have accepted her. She calls out the Jedi standards, and of course, he thinks that it's worked for so long, so it definitely has to be a foolproof system. He even talks about how like a Mandalorian Jedi is a difficult argument to have. There have been very few who have succeeded you know, we get the, the the most notable one is the one who created the Darksaber. Mm-hmm. But very few Mandalorians have the mental discipline needed to be to open themselves up to the Force. And Ahsoka fires back with, I don't need Sabine to be a Jedi. I need her to be herself. And Hu Yang goes, well, she comes from a long line of non-traditional Jedi. God. Which that is that is the understatement of the fucking year. One thing that stood out to me was that he still acknowledges Ahsoka as a Jedi. Yeah. Which Ahsoka is herself does not. Ahsoka herself repeatedly yeah. says that she's not a Jedi anymore. But for Hu Yang, who is the you know He's kind of the last surviving member of the Jedi Order. To be to be pretty much, yeah. Of the old order. And I think it's interesting that he still associates her as a Jedi. Yeah, I think that's very interesting. I also think it's very strange that that uh, I get why he's not because they needed they needed another character for the show, 
but yeah. I really don't understand how Luke didn't snatch him up the second he could. I know. I know. Maybe Luke thought he was an asshole, too. <laughs> now, while they're having this conversation, Sabine is trying to use the Force. Yes. So she's she's looking at the cup that Ahsoka used, and she's trying to use the Force to pull it to herself. And you get this shot where she gets called to the bridge, and she's like, okay, Hera's on, on, on the line. So she's like, oh, you know, you win this time, cup. And they do this shot of the cup. I love the leaving. shot. And you think it's going to move. You really do, because it hangs on it for so long. And then it's just like, nah, she still sucks. It's just a fucking cup. Like, (laughs) what? But it was good. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Uh, So when when she gets to the bridge, we see Hera in in living color. These these, uh, holograms are looking fucking awesome. You pointed that out, and I'm actually mad that you pointed that out. The the holograms look better. Well, they do. They do. I, they look really good. And and I'm like, finally, they're in the future, if you will. They have the technology now. So she gets to the bridge or cockpit, whatever you want to call it. And Hera says, hey, uh, I cannot join you. Uh, I've been told no, no. And I, I'm not allowed to do shit. Basically, she's, she, she can't do anything. Meanwhile, technically, I, in my opinion, she could just be like, fuck you. I'm taking like five ships and just going anyway. But whatever. So as they're trying to kind of figure out what's going on, all of a sudden their signals get jammed. Yep. And they've, they've entered the Denab system, right? They exit hyperspace. And now they're, 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 they exit hyperspace before getting close to the planet. And of course, Sabine's like, hey. Why did we do that? And Hu Yang is like, you know, standard Jedi mission, you know, protocol. Uh, he, he, everything's a lesson here. Uh, literally yeah. everything for her is a lesson. Even though Hu Yang is annoying, I will give it to him. It's a good lesson because there's, you know, there's a time and a place. And I would say, okay, let's explain why. But they are very far away from the planet at, at this point. The Eye of Scion is on the other side of the planet. And they're not sure what it is yet, but Hu Yang wants to get close so he can scan it. They're, they, they, they're not sure what it is. They, they see it. They know there's a large object on the other side of the planet. They think it's a, they're like a Star Destroyer, and they're like, no, this thing's way too big to be a Star Destroyer. All of a sudden, they are attacked by these super cool-looking ships that are literally just P-52 Mustangs with, like, the wings inverted. It's sick. It's and so, so cool. Awesome. And they, they, it's, they're flown by, by Haiti and Marak, which... Fuck, uh, I, I wasn't on board with the this is Ezra in disguise thing, but like, man, they're doing a weird voice thing for him. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's it's Sam Witwer. It's definitely Sam Witwer. Well, yeah, that's what they're doing. They're having him. He's I mean, he's on the credits of like every Star Wars project since like mm-hmm. Disney took over. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. They, we'll get to him later. We'll, we'll talk later because they, they haven't revealed it yet. So they're in pursuit. Uh, trying to shoot them down. Sabine runs the tail gun and complains that all of her settings have been deleted. And Ahsoka's like, well, I never thought we'd need them again. Well, she never needed them anyway. It's Ahsoka. Yeah. And Ahsoka tries to use it as a learning experience, but clearly this is not the time. You know, she keeps missing her shots and they aren't communicating properly. Huyang even calls them out. Ahsoka says, nah, not, now's not the time. And he says that if they don't communicate and work together, there isn't going to be any more time. And Ahsoka takes this time to then realize, okay, 
I'm gonna do what I what is this, we're gonna we're in battle here. Let's treat it like a real battle. Yeah, we're and in she danger. Asks Sabine right away, like, "What do you need?" And as soon as they start working together, they start taking ships out. There's yep. there, there's there's uh, Haiti and Marrick, and they're, they're just they're they've got like a little squad behind them, and so they're able to get a bunch of the ships shot down. Most, most of the yeah, most of the non-important pilots are dead. Which is awesome. It's a great dogfight. It's it's a it's a very satisfying dogfight. And as soon as they uh, get close enough to the planet, Hu Yang says that they're going to see what's being built. Yep, like, pretty shortly, right? And as they see it, they realize what it is, and it's a massively scaled hyperspace ring, just yes. like what you know we we called it in the last episode. We figured out what it was, and yeah, there it is. Haiti lets Morgan know that they're going to be entering the space of the ring soon and morgan i i think morgan elsbeth acts like the average employer would to an employee right she's like the only thing she says is well i'm surprised you let them get this far yeah Ooh, you do not like this girl no (laughs) you do not like this other girl so she uh kind of uh in in the thanos-esque Nature says, you know, almost fine. I'll do it myself. I'll deal with them myself. And it turns out that the ring, remember you and I were talking about this the other day with, with episode two? We were like, oh, the ring probably doesn't have any weapons. It's not really anything. No, this thing we has wrong. fucking artillery. Turbo, we were turbo laser. It has turbo lasers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it we has, were totally wrong on that one. It has the most powerful guns that you can put on a capital ship. Yeah. So turbo lasers don't fuck around. It's not defenseless. So Haiti tells Merrick to join her, and we finally hear his voice this time. Finally. And it's a voice changer. It's a voice changer, which means he's somebody. He's he somebody. He is somebody. We he's don't know who yet, but he's somebody. somebody. I think it's Sam Whitwood. I think it's Starkiller. I don't necessarily think that, but I wish that. I, you know, it just hit me. You know who it could be? Anakin Skywalker? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> It could be a clone of Kanan Jarrus. Oh, shit! Yep. Whoa, bro! It could be a clone of Kanan Jarrus. But Freddy Prince Jr. said he didn't want to fucking do anything anymore. Whoa, bro. I think you just fucking blew my mind. That would be a real mindfuck, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be fun? Wouldn't that be fun? Because then you'd have a fun sequence of, like, Hera having to you know, face off against her dead husband's clone. What the fuck? Right? You're, you're cruel. I am cruel, but like, that would be, cause like, here's the thing. If we're, if we're, if we're adapting new Jedi order or adapting heir to the empire into this, like there's gotta be a clone. There's gotta be an evil clone. And if you're not gonna have Luke, if Luke's not going to be the main character, bring in a dead, clone or uh, clone a dead person that would be like an antagonist for all of them that would be fun whoa yeah that is my theory i'm calling it now that can't that it's that all it's right. a clone of canon jars that i fuck with that that all would right, be because because it's got to be somebody and 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 if i don't think it's gonna be ezra because ezra's trapped wherever thrawn is trapped yeah, yeah yeah but i think this would be fun i think this would be really fun to make him like a clone of and they'd probably have to, honestly, they'd probably have to recast Kanan. I don't think Freddie Prince Jr. is the right look for Kanan. He's a good voice for him, but I don't think he would be the right. Yeah, fuck it. Let him do it. Or, do, or let him do it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. 
Anyways, Sabine joins uh, the crew in the cockpit, and Huyang says he's going to scan the ship so he can get a better understanding of it. And just as he says that, Elsbeth arms the turbo lasers and starts firing them. They're able to avoid all the shots except one. Huyang finishes the scan just as they lose power and he gets knocked out, and they are dead in the water. Mm-hmm. And there's a great sequence where, with Elsbeth where, where uh, Haiti goes like, Congratulations, Elsbeth. You didn't kill them, you idiot. <laughs> You almost got them. Yeah, you almost got them. And it's like, wow, you're you guys are fucking dicks to each other. You guys same team, guys. Same team. Ahsoka, she prioritizes, uh, like, all right, we you need to get the ship ready. We'll focus on on getting Hu Yang up to, to power later. Ahsoka, she's like she's like, I'm gonna go distract them. It's like, what do you mean? And then we get my favorite sequence of the whole the whole thing. She puts on a suit and she goes outside. And stands on the ship to f- deflect the lightsaber or the the laser blast with her lightsabers, just like like the second episode of the Clone Wars with uh, Master Plo Koon getting out and into the, the the void of space and fighting on the escape pods. I loved it. I loved it. It's fucking cool. It was great. She she takes out a couple of the ship just and like jump off of the ship to like destroy one. And there's a great shot where Sabine's like, hey, what's going on out there? And she looks up and Ahsoka's just like floating in space. <laughs> like, hey, did you did you get the ship fixed yet? <laughs> I I will say I thought that was kind of dumb. My only reason being, you can use the force to bring yourself back to the ship. What are you doing? Why are you just floating? I think she was just trying to be lazy. I think the reason that she was floating is she was like, is the ship fixed? Because if the ship's fixed, I'm going to go for the wing. But if it's not fixed, I got to float around here a little bit longer. I think she was trying to like... Got it. I get you. Yeah, genuinely being like, hey, is the ship fixed? Because if it is fixed, I'm going in. But if it's not, I gotta, I'm got to. i going to be like waving my yeah, lightsabers yeah, in the right, fucking right, void of you're space. Right, you're right. You're right. So as they are finally escaping, because they, they do, they, they yeah. get the ship going, they go to the planet, they find a bunch of if you will, space whales, also known as pergils. And they're in the atmosphere of this planet. I screamed when I saw them. I was so excited because we haven't seen them since the end of Rebels, and it's like, oh shit, we are on the right fucking track. It was so awesome, and I will say this, I wrote this down because this is, this is what I personally think. We have one of the best Star Wars scores that the TV shows have had. Because there's agree. a chase scene where they're trying to escape and they're using the Purgles as like kind of, you know, ways to hide in the atmosphere and try to escape from Haiti and uh, Marek. It is such a good score. It was so exciting. I, I loved the score for this one part. They finally escape just in time for Hu Yang to wake up. He fin- and he says his countdown. Oh, I'm ready. I'm finished. And he's like, oh, whoa, what's going on? And they make their way to a clearing in the forest and they turn on, uh, they turn off the power. Yep. And they decide to turn off the power, including Hu Yang again, who just woke up. Marek and Haiti fly by. They don't see him. They say, okay, let's regroup. Uh, but they definitely correctly guess, okay, they're in the forest. We'll figure it out. Let's regroup. And they fly away. Uh, as the group is clear of danger, they turn the power back on. They turn Hu Yang back on. And he starts going over the data. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka asks how Sabine is feeling. And Sabine gets excited. She's like, we haven't seen the Pergils since the day Ezra disappeared. They're on the right path. 
Mm-hmm. Yang provides a hologram of the Eye of Scion. He says it's still not operational, so they do have time. He confirms that it is a hyperspace ring at a scale never before seen. Theoretically, it is powerful enough and fast enough to get to another galaxy. The Jedi Archives do talk about intergalactic travel and that there is very specifically a hyperspace lane that the Pergil have followed. That they have found it and they go. The way, I'm going to do a brief thing. The way Star travel works in Star Wars is that there are laneways through space that are clear of obstacles. They are mm-hmm. called hyperspace lanes. That's like when they talk about the computer calculating a jump, they're following a path that is basically not going to slam you into a fucking star. Yeah. And these Pergil have somehow found a pathway to another galaxy just like the one we saw from the map. So we are on the right track. This, is the, this planet is the launching point that we needed. We cut back to Skull, and he tells his little minions, he goes, the Jedi are here in the forest, hunt them down. And he looks so cool as he just stands there thinking about his future. Like, these Jedi are now going to stand in the way of his, his quest to be the, the new power in the galaxy, and that's not going to happen on his watch. Personally, I think he's second guessing his decision. That's interesting. I think he's going to turn. That's interesting. I, I think like Hades going to kill him. I think Hades going to kill him, or Elsbeth is going to kill him. After he turns, I think he's going to turn. It's going to be very quick, and he's going to instantly get killed. I think it's going to piss Hades off. If if Elsbeth kills him, Hades will will get pissed. But I I think he's going to turn because I think in the last scene, if you look. He kind of almost looks like he's second-guessing everything that's happened. Could be. I'm curious to see in the next episode. And with that, that's the synopsis. It was a short episode, but there was a lot of shit There's that There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about. We're going to take a quick break. We will be right back. All right, we're back. Overall thoughts, Kevin, what do you think? I thought it was a good episode. I personally, I think the first episode might be the best episode. I think the first so one's far. pretty damn good so far, yeah. I think that one's the best one. This one had a lot of a lot of stuff to dissect. I think this was a very yeah. lore-heavy episode, which is, oh, you know, yeah. I, I love those. But I think this is definitely the setup episode. I think shit's going to pop off in the next one. Yeah, I definitely think the next episode's going to, this was the leading up to. And I kind of expected that, because that's kind of how the Star Wars storytelling equation goes yeah yeah but i still had fun i still loved i mean i I loved the visuals the score was great seeing the the ship go through the hyper lane the hyperspace lane was really cool like it felt very old school i really enjoyed it yeah um overall yeah i i i I did think some stuff was a bit quirky little meh i was like yeah like but I liked it. I thought it was good. I thought it was it was fine. I would give it like a seven point five ish out of ten. I can't I can't disagree with anything you said there. I think I think this episode is great. I think it's um it's a good setup episode for things to come. I think this is a necessary episode to like flush out what we're gonna see with Ahsoka's training, what we're gonna see with uh with the New Republic, uh and hopefully with Hera in the future. I'm hoping that Hera does the the rebels thing and just defies orders and shows up anyways, which would be yeah. fun. Yeah. We have one quote. Yes. One quote we wrote down. Yes. And it is when Hu Yang wakes up and he says, What did I miss? He says, We almost died. 
multiple times. Ah, yes, standard operating procedure. I thought that was just really funny. Yeah, that I, was fun. It it that fits. Was... It fits for the, everything that they've been through. That's our quote. That's our quote of the episode. But yeah, questions, final thoughts. I I don't really have much. I I kind of just want to keep going and see what happens. I, I I'm not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm excited to see what comes in the next episode. I think we're. It's really just a matter of time. Like I think we all know, considering that uh, they announced Heir to the Empire movie is coming. It's like we this is Thrawn's coming back. We just want to. I'm like, all right, when when are we gonna get to get him? Because there's yeah. there's six episodes left. Like we know Thrawn is in at least two. So we're gonna you know it's like when do we get to see him? When are we getting him? When are, when yeah. are we starting this? It's, it's it's the big question. And you know what's interesting is this episode didn't have a lot of lightsaber stuff going on, which I was fine with. I was fine with that too. Yeah, it was mostly ship combat, and I know you were fine with that. Oh, I loved it. So loved it. Yeah, I had fun. I did too. And with that, we really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please take a second to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps us grow the show and connect with you. And if you want to connect with us, be sure to connect with us on Instagram and Twitter or X at The Lost Cantina. And now on TikTok at The Lost Cantina as well. Thank you so much for listening. We will catch you on the next one. Go turn your air conditioner on. Thank you. Right.